This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. Breaking news, LeBron is a Laker. Clippers team will win a championship this year. Paul George, corner three. Yes, sir! Bryant has to put it up with the buzzer. Backs it in! Ha-ha! He backs in the three! And the Lakers win the game! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. As usual, Tamara Zarli, your Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points here. Uh, I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, a fellow Clippers beat writer, uh, Miriam Swanson of the OC Register. Miriam, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hello. Are you? Uh, you're back home in LA, right, Pasadena? Everything good? Yeah, in uh, in the Glendale area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything's good. We are hunkered down like everybody else, but um, now we have basketball to watch, so that's pretty cool. So a, a lot of people have been sort of mixed on, you know, having basketball back with Corona and everything. Are you? Were you one of those in favor of having basketball back? Well, I like being able to feed my family, so I prefer, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> I prefer them playing so that I, I'm not furloughed and can get a paycheck. Yeah, so selfishly, <laughs> heck yeah, play ball, guys. What a and dumb gals. question. Um, but but no, but I understand people's yeah. I understand people being torn because it is it's a situation and a decision that's fraught with uh, you know, all kinds of perils. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there <laughs> from that aspect. For selfishly, I'm, I'm happy basketball is back uh, to be able to provide. So um, we'll jump. We'll jump right into it, though. Um, you know, we're two games in for for most teams. Uh, are two games in now. Lakers will play the third game on Monday, but uh, the Clippers. We'll start with the Clippers so far. Um, opening night, uh, they fall to the Lakers, uh, 103-101. Uh, that was a very uh, that was a fun game. Um, you know, all things considered, uh, no Lou Williams, no Montrezl Harrell. Um, Clippers did another solid job of, 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 you know, putting the clamps down on LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis had his usual spectacular game. I think it was 34, 32 points. Um, what did you, what did you come out with from that game on the Clippers side? Um, yeah, I mean, for as choppy as it was and, and as out of sync they looked in, in spurts, um, and you know, not only are Lou and Trez not there, but it, it really looked like Landry and Zubats hadn't been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you could tell. Um, you know, Marcus Morris wasn't fantastic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So like if you take all that into account and then consider they lost by two to the Western Conference's best team, who also is missing pieces and also is figuring this all out on the fly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that it was as competitive as it was, I think is a sign that bodes well for the Clippers. Now, I guess one thing I've been looking for, especially since that second um, game with, the, with Marcus on the team now uh, last week, Marcus doesn't have a clear fit to me um, in this Lakers matchup, at least offensively, mm-hmm. uh, because he's a guy who obviously needs the – we've seen him play. He needs the balls often to, to just create. I mean, he likes that, you know, mid to high post area where he sure. can create in the mid-range. Um, he likes the three-point shot as well off the dribble. And I feel like, you know, with, with Lou on the team, Trez, when they get back, uh, you got Kawhi and PG already there. You just added Reggie. Uh, I'm just curious as to where Marcus fits. Um, you know, I've been thinking about may- maybe the Clippers should try bringing him off the bench, especially while Lou and Trez are out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he might not be cool with that, but, um, you know, the, the second unit could use an offensive scoring punch. And mm-hmm. with Kawhi and PG off the floor, uh, that might be the perfect space for him. I mean, his brother does it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's kind of one of those matchup things and you kind of want to pick your spots and, you know, maybe Morris gets some more room and some space to operate with the second unit and that would be better for him against the Lakers. Um, and then he can, you know, do what he normally does and where he feels most comfortable. Um, also, probably though, it's like just a matter of the, Clippers figuring it out and you know these pieces they have are all relatively new right so Reggie and you know Doc will figure it out probably um before this is all said and done um at least that would be the hope for Clipper fans right Um, (laughs) but uh but yeah you know I mean but yeah but to your point yeah he he, it doesn't seem like when he's getting shots that they're the ideal shots and, and then doesn't seem quite comfortable knocking them down in those games um but it's just, you know, small sample size, too, so we'll see. That's true. I mean, he, I think in the two two games against the Lakers, he's 0 of 13 from the field yeah. for one point, yeah. uh, which is not ideal. I mean, he was 4 of 9 against the Pelicans in the second game, mm-hmm. which is a bit better. I mean, the Pelicans' defense was atrocious that game, so that's probably yeah. – um, let's give them that credit, too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just I just really feel we really got to – they really have to figure out where Marcus fits offensively. Um, I've, I've, I've thought about the bench. I don't know if that's the best place for him when there were treasure there. Uh, because he's obviously a guy when 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 healthy, uh, you can throw him on a LeBron and save Kawhi and PG from having to deal with him all game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and defensively, yeah, yeah, defensively he helps out a lot. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's just that offensively, the the fit just doesn't seem ideal. Maybe that's because you know he missed part of the training camp and they're just trying to figure it out on the fly. Um, that could also just be a thing there as well. Um, Paul George uh, has been shooting the lights out of the ball. Uh, you know, we, we talked to him the other day. <laughs> say that again? Yeah, but only from deep. But, oh, yeah, I was going to say only from deep. He said the other day, uh, I feel good, but I'm only able to make shots from beyond the arc. Uh, through two games, he is 14 of 22 from beyond the arc. Um, six, he made six, six of 11 in the first game, eight of 11 in the second game against the Pelicans. On fire, really making clutch shots in both games. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if you can make a clutch shot in a 20-point win against the Pelicans. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's just coming up big, and he looks really good, really healthy. Um, what, what have you seen from Paul George in these first couple of games? Yeah, he, he looks as he looks like he feels as good as he said he does, you know? He, mm-hmm. You know, not only is his stroke, you know, beautiful like always, but, um, but no, he's moving strong. He's, you know, he's defending well. He's, 
ago, everyone's like, oh yeah, Paul George is amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, remember that, guys? Um, but yeah, no, he, he looks like, you know, he's looked like the best player on the court, really, for these couple games. I feel like people have really forgotten how good he is um, at different points in the year because he did have the dual shoulder surgery in the offseason. Uh, he had the multiple hamstring injuries uh, throughout the season in January and February. It feels like people just forgot about him, forgot about how good he was. Um, so I don't think this is really surprising. I mean, if you know what Paul George can do. I mean, last year he was making, I think he was attempting four, uh, 10 threes per game and making 40% of them. So he was on a different level. He was on a, on a Steph Curry-like level from beyond the arc uh, yeah. last year. And then you take into account what he can do defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, his, his high basketball IQs and you know, Kawhi out there together. It's pretty, pretty, dy- dy- uh, pretty dynamite. Yeah, they're, they're a dynamic team. I just think that – I wonder if Paul George can continue this because everyone's talking about this whole playoff P narrative. And, I mean, if you look at the stats, they're not entirely true. I mm-hmm. do think he has a couple of bad, you know, performances in elimination games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the, the, there's the jokes about – uh, Joe Ingles shutting him down in the playoffs and, and all that. Uh, Tom Fuldery, if we'll call it that. Um, I wonder if Paul can continue this in the playoffs um, now that he's healthy, if they can stay healthy, hopefully. I, I mean, if he's healthy, I would think so. Um, he's, you know, I, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the, his playoff numbers are nowhere near as bad as Twitter likes to make them sound. Um, but... But, you know, I mean, the playoffs is a different situation and whatnot. But I, I feel like he, he is so raring to go and he's so excited about how well he feels. Mm-hmm. And he's in such a good situation. And he's got a lot of support, you know, from, from the other star, you know, from Kawhi and then from a real deep roster. And, you know, and Doc's the kind of guy who, you know, is good at getting guys in the right headspace for those type of moments. So, um yeah, I, I would be surprised if he fell off a ton in the playoffs. Now, what about uh, Magic City Lou Will? <laughs> uh, we, we have to talk about this because Lou... Um, Is that a thing we, that happened with the Clippers? I, I mean, that. if you weren't on Twitter, you may, have, you may have just missed that story completely, yeah. Totally. Um, Lou, I, I think, attended, uh, you know, had a family matter back in Atlanta, mm-hmm. went to a, a gentleman's club, a restaurant as well there. Uh, claimed to only get wings. Uh, I guess the NBA investigated, gave him the 10-day quarantine period. And then I guess the story came out in the Times, I believe it was on Friday or Saturday, saying that he did receive uh, a little more than just um, his wings that day, I guess. I guess someone said he got, he got, he got a dance. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> I just, it's tough because like we, we cover these guys and these guys go through a lot of personal stuff, but um I just I can't help but feel like it's just a really irresponsible thing in in this pandemic, uh, with the NBA trying so hard to keep the bubble as safe as possible, um, and to do that, mm-hmm. I just it's tough. It's it's tough to see. Um, so you're you know, with I, I'm sure Lou didn't. What was that? So you're with you agree with Kendrick Perkins on this? What did he say specifically? I don't remember this. Which something, part? Something to that effect that that it wasn't it wasn't the most mature call that, or that Zion. What was his thing that Zion? Was well, oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not going to question his maturity, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's it's. I don't know. Um, you know, you see the NBA putting a lot of work into this, and yeah. uh, if Jack Harlow doesn't post a photo, we don't know anything about this. This is a no. non-story. Right. 
um, well, which so, puts people's lives in jeopardy, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm curious, like, I don't know the answer to this. Like, do you know what the rules and regulations were when he left? Like, did, was, did they hand him, like, is it in that big, you know, thousand page book? That I, have, says, I have no clue. When you but I, bubble, you may only be in this place, this place, this place, right? Like, we know they're testing constantly still. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying, yes, <laughs> go out and fraternize at a, at a club um, of any sort while, like, during the coronavirus, because, like, like, don't. But um, I, I'm just curious, if, like, what the written rules were for him on his departure. Um, I, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, Tre Trez is, you know, off and, and dealing with his own, you know, personal matters with his own family loss. Um, and my heart so goes out to all the Clippers. Like, it's what a rough couple of weeks it's been for these, these dudes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Trez, like, posted on Instagram, like, he was, like, talking to, like, a local AAU girls basketball team, you know? <laughs> so it's, like, he's, like, had interactions with folks, too. Um, they're not, like, you know, getting chicken wings at a club uh, or, right. and, and more. <laughs> but, um, but, like, I don't know if it matters, right? Like, if, if you know, what – I'm just really curious to know what they were told before they, before they left. And if, if I mean, that – Like, that was totally out of bounds and he was going to get quarantined for 10 days for doing it. Or if it was like, oh, they thought they would just use their best judgment and not, you know, post pictures of themselves. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's one of the things that I'm that I'm curious about. Just what goes into that? Because, like, technically speaking, I mean, what if someone leaves a bubble? Are they not allowed to go get food? Can they not go eat? Yeah. Um, and, you I mean, know, I mean, I'm, I I don't think like I don't know. It's it's you know everybody everything's political. Everybody has an opinion on it, but. Yeah, you probably shouldn't go to a, a club right now, you know. Um, probably. <laughs> mask on, right? He was wearing a mask. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but, um, you know, my my, uh, my colleague Kyle Goon is, is in the bubble. And I know he kind of felt, felt a little bit about it because he's like, I literally just, you know, stood next to Will and talked to him like two days earlier. And what if he had gone there, caught it, you know, or contracted coronavirus, then come back into the bubble and then giving it to Kyle, you know, like he's right there with it, you know, or he's right, it right. there. So it's like, really, they that, are all in it together there in a really big way. And that is a serious, serious thing. That's the biggest issue that, you know, Kyle brought up that what if he, what if it, no one posts those photos, this doesn't get out something, you know, worst case scenario, he does contract it and it gets out in the, in the bubble. I mean, we're, we might be closed down, um, not to just, you know, go to the world's worst situation, but um, you know, Adam Silver said that it would take a few, uh, to, to shut the league down. And I, I think they've done a great job. What are they, three weeks in and no no positive cases, knock on wood. Um, so I just hope this continues. I hope players do stay smart about this and yeah. and continue these zero positive tests uh, trend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, then, and then there's a part of it that's sort of like, you know, people, I, I you know, Charles Barkley famously said that, that the athletes weren't, you know, that he wasn't a role model or whatever. But at the same time, these folks are um, – you know, really actually becoming role models and really sending messages about really important issues right now. And mm -hmm. this is one of them. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to it. Hey guys, just wanted to pause real quick to tell you guys about Bet Online. As you guys know, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You can check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. 
And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like to play without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. We'll go over the Clippers. The Clippers went over the Pelicans real quick. Uh, what was that? Twenty a twenty-five three pointers that game franchise record for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if to credit the Clippers more or to credit the Pelicans' atrocious defense more. Um, was probably a bit of both. Um, but I just my halftime the Pelicans just gave up. It looked like to me they just didn't want to be there. Um, and I don't know how a team that's on the cusp of making the playoffs. Uh, they have no more games against plus 500 teams while the rest of the pe- uh, teams they're competing against have about five or six. Mm-hmm. I don't know how a team like that just rolls over. I mean, I know the Clippers are probably upset over their loss to the Lakers, um, wanted to come out with more fire. We talked to them. They said they wanted to. Um, but the Pelicans just rolled over that game. That was that was embarrassing. Yeah, I expected much more of a fight for them to put up much more of a fight. Um but it's, I don't know, it's a weird thing. Like, I, I mean, that happens, you know, outside of a bubble. But I wonder if when you're in a bubble, like, if things start, like, start not going your way for some teams, is it harder to sort of find that, that inner fortitude that you might normally have just because everything that's going on and it's sort of weighing on you differently anyway? And mm-hmm. it just, it's like a lot, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. Like, and they're kind of a young team, you know, and, I don't know. It, it it's hard. It's probably hard to fight back in an environment where there's no fans and no energy, and you've been away from everything for so long. You probably feel weird about everything anyway. That I wonder if that at some point that becomes sort of an intangible, you know, part of it could be games yeah. like this. What could be? It could be. I just I don't know. If, if you're motivated to get to the playoffs, like the Pelicans appear to be, um, you know, once they got Zion, they made a bit of a run. I just thought they'd perform a lot better than they actually did. Uh, but again, maybe maybe it's just the Clippers. Uh, it's it's a bit on the Pelicans, but maybe it's a bit on the Clippers just being angry and, and taking their anger out on the Pelicans. So yeah, um, also Zion. You know, we didn't get full Zion either. So that's true. We got burst Zion. Yeah. <laughs> um, we flip over to the Lakers side for for a bit here. Um, the Lakers played uh, their two games, obviously beating the Clippers and then losing to the Toronto Raptors. It, it came off as like opposite performances for me because the Clippers. Came out kind of cold in that Laker game, uh, then came back into it, um, and then lost it in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, a lot, a lot of credit to the Lakers on that one because they, they played really well that game. But uh, that Raptors game just seemed like the opposite for the Lakers where they came out cold. They were down 0-13. Uh, they came back and tied the game, took the lead, I think, at one point in the fourth quarter. And then the, the Lakers just uh, – the Raptors just ran over them with like yeah. – I think it was like 11-0 run, ended up winning by about 12. Um, the Lakers are a mixed bag for me. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, right now they're five and a half games over the Clippers, I believe, in the standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, five and a half. So they're – I think if, if they just win one more game, they secure the number one overall. Right. If they win tonight, I think that's the – yeah. That's it. And yeah. so I, I don't know how much they really have to play for, uh, whereas these performances aren't really that bad uh, if they do lose, you know, because they do have a couple easy matchups coming up. Uh, they do face the uh, – the Kings at the end of – well, actually, they don't have that many easy matchups now that I look at it. 
They have the Kings at the end, but they have Utah, OKC, Houston, Indiana, and Denver coming up. So um, do, you, do you think that they should sort of put it on cruise control so that they keep everybody as fresh as possible? Or is it important for them to get some motivation? I, I think it's absolutely important to keep guys as fresh as possible. Um, I wouldn't go too hard. Uh, because you know that LeBron can turn it up in the playoffs. I mean, he's just a different animal. I don't think you have to worry about him. Uh, I guess Anthony Davis is the guy you have to worry about, getting in rhythm and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he's the guy who in the past uh, has shown to just kind of get bumped and, and get some bruises and mm-hmm. uh, miss a couple games. And I don't know if you want to risk that uh, in these bubble games where you don't have to risk that. You know what I mean? Right, right. yeah. I mean, they have what they have already. They, I mean, if they win today, then they've clinched and – They've clinched, and there's no point in playing hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think that the reps are important. Uh, getting guys like Danny Green, mm-hmm. um, KCP, Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Alex Cruz. So getting these guys reps is going to be important for their playoff run. Um, Kyle Kuzma, for example, Kyle Kuzma has been has been pleasant surprise for me. Um, he's been playing really well mm-hmm. um, in these first two games. Now it is early, but if he can be that third guy for the Lakers. Uh, where he's, I think he was kind of inconsistent during the year, but if he can be consistent during this bubble period, um, mm-hmm. the Lakers might be a lot harder to beat than I thought uh, because they're already short Avery Bradley, who, you know, gets it done defensively, but he can have those games like he did against the Clippers where he had five three-pointers, six three-pointers. Uh, Rajon Rondo, a lot of people make a lot of hype about playoff Rondo. Um, you know, he's just facilitating his, his, his unusual shot-making in the playoffs, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. And so if Kuzma can be that guy, uh, are they beatable if Kuzma is, is, can put up 20 points a game for them? I think so, for sure, yeah. He would love to. <laughs> he thinks he can, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, are, are the Lakers beatable, though, if he's averaging 20? Well, are they beatable? I'm sorry. Um, oh, man. Well, it depends. on. It depends. You know, Giannis and Kawhi have to say about all that. Yeah. And maybe Nick Nurse's squad, right? Um, Making some noise, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends on the matchups. But, yeah, like, you know, playoff Lakers with LeBron, playoff LeBron in a healthy AD and a 20-point a game, Kyle Kuzma would be pretty tough to stop, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see anyone uh, – if Kuzma can consistently average 20 points in a series, um, that's going to be tough for anyone to beat. Uh, including the Clippers. Now, I do think the Clippers have the weapons to, to make it tough on them. Um, like, I want to talk about this because I don't think many people have talked about this so far. Um, the Lakers and Clippers are 2-2 two and two in their head-to-head series. Uh, but LeBron is shooting 36.7% in their four games. Uh, he's not shooting well. He's been, he's been slowed down pretty, pretty dramatically compared mm-hmm. to other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that is, is, you know, Kawhi and Marcus and, and PG and Pat Bev. Um, is it possible to hold him to that to a playoff series? Do you think? Oh man, um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would have to see it to believe it. You know, like a, a sample of regular season games in the playoffs are such a different animal. Um, that said, I mean the Clippers, you know, they, they could, right? I mean, they've proven that they can. So I just, you know, I don't know. What do you think? It's one of those things where LeBron has never had a – when's the last time LeBron had a bad, bad playoff series? Was it the finals in 2011? Uh, I don't yeah. think he's had a bad one since, and that was just an unusual, uh, un-LeBron-like series. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just very passive that series, and he's grown tremendously 
since then. I don't think we'll ever see that again. Um, but I think as far as holding him to 36%, I don't, I don't think you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's averaging about 17, 18 points a game right now against the Clippers. Um, I would assume he takes a lot more, he takes a lot more aggressiveness in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if, if, if the Clippers have too much uh, in, in that matchup. I don't know. If, if they faced off right now in a seven-game series, who do you have winning? Man, see, I don't answer that question. <laughs> you don't answer that question? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, just because, like, I guess I don't, I don't have to deal with Lakers that much anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I think I'd give the edge to the Clippers just because they're so dynamic and, they are they are really really deep when they have all their guys, um, so yeah, I think so. I think and and Kawhi's you know postseason willpower is, is right there with LeBron's you know so um, in very different ways. Um, yeah, I I, I would give I, I think it would be a super entertaining series, but I think the clip you know the, the clippers between you know if they can s- slow lebron at all maybe you know not quite 36% but they can you know they've got the defenders to bother him mm-hmm. more as mm-hmm. a pg and Kawhi and you know most guys um, and then they can get scoring from so many places and they've got so many guys who are you know capable of facilitating on any given night capable of hitting shots on any given night a lot of defenders um, and sort of just like you know, they have such a different spirit about them, too. I mean, the Lakers are, like, really having fun and, you know, kind of this jovial group. The Clippers kind of have this seriousness about them, which I guess is the Kawhi, Pat, Bev thing. So it would be interesting right. in that way. But um, I don't know. I, I, I could see the Clippers saving it. So in, in a series, I guess, what are some things you're looking for, you're watching, uh, between the Clippers and, and Lakers on both sides? What are you watching for? Well, I guess, I mean, besides just like, you know, the AD and LeBron versus Kawhi and PG thing, I guess it's your, it's those, the little pieces, the little intangibles, you know, like, you know, what's, what's, um, I guess not little piece, but, you know, is, is Kuzma who Kuzma wants to be in that situation? And is he, is he going to produce like he can when he's on and how, you know, will he be on? Um, then you've got like, you know, like Pat Bev is so important to the Clippers. So, you know, how, how is he, is his presence affecting uh, the outcome? Um, you know, Caruso hasn't been great against the Clippers, but he's great against, uh, in other situations against other teams. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if, if he has some special performances that might sway things, um, um, you know, Doc versus Vogel, right? Like they're both great coaches mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, that's an underrated uh, aspect of it. I think so. I think Vogel's done an amazing job this year with all that the Lakers have been through. Um, Ron basically <laughs> playing a new position and, and just, you know, everything and to, to have lived up to the hype and, and easily even clear the bar this year is pretty impressive. Um, and then Doc is Doc, right? Like Doc is a proven coach who guys love to play for and all these guys will attest that, that they get, he gets a lot out of all of them. And there's a lot to get, so... Yeah, those, those are some of the things. I mean, there'd be so much. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's easy to pick just one or two, um, even aside from Kawhi and PG. Uh, there's just so many d- different different aspects that are important to the team. Um, I get it. We're going to get it, right? guys. Yeah. 
uh, I, at this point, I, I really feel like it's just going to happen. I don't think any team is stopping either of these two teams from getting to the conference finals. Uh, barring the Clippers dropping to four and then I'm going to face in the second round. I just don't see it happening. Uh, the Rockets are impressive. Um, you know, they, they beat the Bucks, They beat the Mavs on opening night. But uh, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Do you see any team beating either of those teams uh, on the way to the conference finals? I the only think – I mean, I guess I'm more worried that the Clippers lose ground in the standings than, than that they don't get – that if they're 1-2, that they won't meet each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so similar to that. Yeah, they, they fall to four. Um, because, you know, I mean, they've got some tough games ahead. And, you know, this kind of this wonky, we're still getting used to playing basketball again. You know, we're used, getting used to play it, playing it in this weird environment. Um, and we're just getting our pieces back. So, like, there's, you know, room for error. Or, you know, think, things might happen during these seeding games that I don't think will happen once the playoffs roll around. So, Do you think this, uh, this you know, Trez being out, Lou being out, this is going to hurt them once the playoffs start? Do you think they're sort of behind right now? I think they're behind right now. So it depends, I guess, when they come back and become available. Mm-hmm. Um, because, let me look at, like, Landry and Zoo were doing everything they could to, to stay up with the team, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, Zoom, you know, zooming into practices to working out on their own, working out, you know, virtually with trainers and, and like these guys are very committed to what they're doing and they came in as, in as good a shape as they could get it and you know, be there and, you know, they were still behind. So um, I'm just only human that it will take, you know, a little while for them to get totally up to speed. Um, and there is, you know, that there's still six games, but those go quickly. So I, I think... By the time it gets, it, it depends. I mean, I guess Lou will be back sooner than later, and Trez, we don't know. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, if Lou comes back like in the next game or two, he'll be fine for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure because you you made a good point in that. Yeah, there are a lot of six. There are a lot of games with six left. Uh, but these are a game every day, yeah. uh, and then the Clippers have a back to back this Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so you know, by the end of this weekend, they'll have what two games left. Before the playoffs begin, yep. um, it's kind of right around the corner. Um, this is this is blown by faster than I than I than even I thought. Uh, and so, yeah, obviously Trez, like like Doc said, has to take his time, get right um, per- mentally before he comes back, and uh, is expected to perform physically. I think that's very important on his part, um, just oh, to get right, just to get right. He's been through some very emotional times the last couple of weeks. You could just tell by his Instagram post. Yeah. And, um, you know, it can only imagine what, what, he's, what he's been experiencing the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Him, Pat, and, and Lou, but especially Trez, seems to be um, dealing with it uh, tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to feel for the guy. And I love the, how Doc put it, and I love that he said it like that. And, you know, I mean, you know, this is their job, and it's a very serious job, and they take it very seriously. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, basketball is not life, and basketball is not your family. And, and, you know, knowing that your teammates have your back and, like, the realest way and your coaches have your back in the realest way probably does a lot to kind of, you know, <laughs> I don't know, just make you feel better in, in a situation mm-hmm. like that. And then, you know, if, and when you come back to know that, you know, that that's, that's real, real support and not just, you know, lip service. Right. I think one of the most interesting things from the, from the um, interviews that we've had, the zoom calls is, is doc saying that, you know, these guys deal with stuff every single day. Um, now that we're in the bubble, we have to say, hey, this guy's dealing with personal matter. Or this guy's dealing with this. 
But before, you know, there were times where we'd go to practice, we wouldn't see Lou in there mm-hmm. or we wouldn't see Pat in there. Um, and we'd think of it as maybe a scheduled day off. We'd ask and they'd say, oh, he's got a couple bumps and bruises. Um, mm-hmm. But these guys deal with, with personal issues. They're just like, uh, just like us where they have their own set of problems off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this has really given people – I hope it's given people um, – you know, a sense of understanding that these guys aren't, you know, they must, they might be multi-million dollar athletes, but they're also human. Uh, and they deal with the same emotions, the same problems, the same, uh, some of the, some of the same everyday stuff that we go through. Um, yeah. They're not just, you're, they're not just like fantasy characters in, a, in your lineup. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, that's, that's the best they're people. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but you know, like to Doc's point, like normally if a guy has a family emergency, maybe he can get away for a couple of days because they won't practice one day and the next day we won't see him. But you know, maybe practice, we don't know who was or wasn't at practice because usually they get let in when most people are gone already anyway. Right, that too, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, uh, like they left. <laughs> but um, you know, now it's like, not only do they have to say that, you know, they left, per- or they don't have to say, not only does it get out that they left for personal reasons, but when they're not there for, you know, a week, 10 days, more I mean it's quite obvious so um then you feel it more too because if something happened with three guys at once or or four or five or you know the Cooper's got a lot um (laughs) it takes that's a big chunk that it takes out of out of your team uh cohesiveness Mm -hmm. it's uh it's tough it's tough Uh, I think the Clippers have been hardest hit by this um but you know uh thoughts and prayers to all of them dealing Mm -hmm. with this stuff right now Hey guys, real quick, I wanted to tell you guys about DealDash. Had you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use offer offer code BATTLE or DealDash.fm slash BATTLE. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash BATTLE. Um, I do want to say though, uh, well, I do want to ask you this: uh, Who do you think has the better, um, or I guess, more effective small ball unit um, potentially between these two teams, the Lakers and Clippers? So it's weird. So Jamichael at the five. Well, do, if Jamichael's hitting a shot, like he was against the, <laughs> I guess everybody Pelicans. was against. Um, if, or if he was like he was against the Warriors, um, then that's I'll take that. Um, and so, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, because the Lakers have what? The Lakers are they intriguing have, because they could throw AD at the five, get LeBron yeah. at the four, and then just surround them with shooters. And it, and it still doesn't feel like a small ball lineup because. Right. AD's a bit <laughs> bigger. Was he 6'11", I think? Yeah, he's 6'11". So, he kind of is, you know, in, in other times, other, you know, another age of basketball would, would have been a for sure senior or center no matter what. But, um, uh. Yeah, so I don't know. So you put your Michael against AD. Put your Michael against AD. You could throw in Marcus Kawhi PG. You might be able to throw in Trez um, Kawhi PG. 
because the Trez is what, 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, mm-hmm. um, it's not really a floor-spacing lineup, but it is a bit of a smaller lineup than, you know, having a Zoo inside or a Joakim Noah inside. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like the upside of both teams, honestly. Uh, both teams have some really interesting small ball units that I just – I really want to see a seven-game series between these two. I just want to see it and, and see who can outsmart who, who can outcoach who, who can, you know, out-execute who. Uh, because this, we've had four really, really good games this year, mm-hmm. and um, it just doesn't feel like enough, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just want more. Selfishly, yeah. I just want more. And how crazy will it be when this goes down? I mean, it's just like this explosion of Los Angeles basketball goes down <laughs> in front of nobody in Orlando, Florida. Like, it's it's going to be so wild. It's going to so be crazy. crazy. The audience consists of like Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, um, <laughs> Steve Ballmer, I mean, Lawrence Frank, Bobby Rapalinka, that's pretty much the crowd right there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wild. It's wild to yeah. think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything to add before we uh, just wrap this up? No. I mean, I, I, I feel like the basketball has been pretty good, you know, considering they came back after not playing for four and a half months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty fun. There's been some really fun games and, you know, Blazers almost coming back and, you know, the, Lakers almost coming back and you know it's it's been a it's been kind of a joy to watch and you realize how much you missed it. Yeah, I it's <laughs> I can't imagine I can't believe we had through four months of no basketball like this um during the season. And so I'm glad it is back. Uh props to Adam Silver and the NBA for doing everything right to get this uh back on, on track. Uh, um it's it's been incredible, it's been amazing. Do you think it's it's a good thing sort of for the world in that if you, they're showing, look, if you take all these precautions that we're taking, if you wear masks and socially distance and take, you know, have, you know, enough testing for everyone, um, that, I mean, that, that, that this is, you know, comparable or deal, or you can deal with this in a, in a safe way? I mean, you heard Doc in the, what was it, the first or second press conference? He's like... Uh, you know, we had a week of no no positive tests again. He's like, maybe we should send our plan to the White House. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, look, I mean, it's, it's much easier to say and do on a smaller scale. For sure. Um, but I do think um, there have been a lot of things done wrong, and there's still a lot of things being done wrong uh, in terms of prevention and, and, and making sure we're not furthering the spread um, of, of the coronavirus. I just – I feel like we've – done so much wrong while the NBA has done so much right um, that yeah I do think that that it's shown the world and especially the U.S. that if you you know wear masks uh, you know isolate when you need to um, it just it's it's not preventable but you can you can reduce the spread you can really reduce the spread and make it a more a much more manageable disease um, you know, I think we went from uh, you know to a low numbers to all of a sudden I think in two weeks we had like ICU beds you know, mm-hmm. at max capacity throughout the country, Texas, mm-hmm. Florida, California, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, that's not, you know, that, that doesn't happen by mistake. That's people being unfortunately careless. And, um, you know, that was around the 4th of July. So yeah. um, it, it sucks. It sucks. I, I wish, I wish we would have better leadership in terms of um, coronavirus prevention, but it is what it is. Um, hopefully we can learn from that and, uh, and move on. I'm, do you think this has taught anything? Uh, Must can be taken away from this. I mean, it just sort of it, it is. I guess it's just proof that, like you know, on a small scale, if you take the steps that they're taking, 
you know, that you, you can sort of prevent the spread of it. Um, as supposed to like baseball, just like just sending. Uh, oh my God. I, all over the place, like normal. For They have a second right? outbreak. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, it's more sort of evidence of what the experts are saying is probably true. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not one of them. So <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, stay away from all of you people. <laughs> no, I'm doing the same thing. Don't worry. I'm doing the same thing. I got like three different masks and sanitizer everywhere. And so I'm, 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 I'm keeping distance when I, when I need to. Um, I'm saying but, also, I need to. but I also feel for people who like need to work and, you know, it's, it's yeah, no, 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 it's, it's, it's been it. tough. It's been, it's been, we're yeah, pretty spoiled really that we can do our jobs in front of screens and via zoom. So yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's a great point. There are people who can't afford to work from home. So um, shout out to them. Uh, yeah. Hope you all are staying safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, just before we go off, though, a uh, quick prediction for this week uh, on the Clippers and Lakers. Clippers have um, Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, and then a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday with the Blazers and the Nets. Miriam, what's their record over these next four games? Phoenix, Dallas, Portland. Three and one? Three and one. Okay, who who's that lost to? If you had to guess, Portland. No, okay, I, I think the same thing. I, I'm I'm thinking something very similar. Uh, ooh, that is a 10 a.m. Pacific game, by the way. Ooh, that'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Clippers. Yeah, on a Saturday. Um, yeah, I think they go three and one as well. I think they lose to Portland. I think uh, I think Portland's on a mission. Even mm-hmm. in their loss to the Celtics the other day, uh, they they looked they looked good. Yusuf Nurkic just adds another level to them. Go. Excited yeah, to see so, him. He's just yeah. I think he had thirty and nine last game. So yeah, it's pretty that's a pretty cool story. That's a kind of a cool wrinkle about them taking four months off and coming back. Did you see the story of him saying he he watched his injury a couple times, like a, a few hundred like a times? Thousand times, wasn't it? Was it a thousand like, times? Yeah, like some some insane number. And I can't imagine doing that to myself. I, guess, I, mean, I suppose you get desensitized at some point. I wouldn't want to watch it ever. I have not watched it. I actually I have not watched that. I, I watched it a couple of times when it first happened. You could hear the snap, but after that, I was like, nope, nope, nope. We're not, yes. nope. Not really, yeah. It's brutal. Uh, and then on the Lakers side, uh, they've got the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, sorry, the Utah Jazz today. Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, and Indiana Pacers this week. Uh, what do you think their record is this week? They are also 3-1. 3-1? Who's that lost to? Houston? Yeah, well, Utah, OKC, Houston, and Indiana. TJ Warren is playing is playing out of his mind. Crazy, yeah. He had fifty three last game and thirty four today. Yeah, he he's all about the bubble. He doesn't want to leave. Um, <laughs> bubble scorer of the year. <laughs> bubble MVP. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, he might bite. I mean, I guess like Houston's most dangerous team. Um, mm. I, you know, OKC is wily. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, if they're going to drop one of those, it's going to be Houston. I mean, I could see them going 4-0, but I also don't think they're going to push, push, push real hard as we were talking about. So. Right. Uh, right. They yeah, could take some yeah, plays yeah, off yeah. here and there. And okay. still, I don't know. I, I, I don't And OKC and Houston are sort of in the same place as far as just like not needing to survive, but just jockeying a little bit. Um, OKC will be without a uh, Schroeder for the next couple of days. He left right. the bubble to be with, I guess his girlfriend or his wife for the birth of their child. Yeah. Yeah. First child. So that's always special. And so uh, I'm saying that like I've had a kid. I've never had a kid before, but you would know, Miriam, that's special, right? (laughs) Okay. 
Congratulations to him and his lady. <laughs> Don't let your kids hear the podcast. <laughs> oh, they, they know I love them. Um, <laughs> oh God, Miriam, where can uh, where can people find your stuff on social media, uh, websites? Where can people find your stuff? Uh, I guess the for Clipper fans, uh, ocregister.com slash Clippers. Um, and otherwise, I will send out. I, I tweet out links to my stories and, and Kyle's good stories from the bubble. He's actually there, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's my uh, Twitter handle is at Miriam Swanson, which is spelled weird. So at Mir Jam Swanson, M I R J A M Swanson. That's it. That's it. All right. Thank you, um, Matt. Of course, of course. Um, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on on such short notice. I know I told you Monday last week, but uh, I gave you a bit of a short notice today. So I appreciate you coming on. I'll work out. Um, as usual, guys, if you guys like the podcast, um, please subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star review wherever you guys get your podcast, whether it's uh, Google, Apple, uh, Apple Store. Oh, my God. I'm forgetting the words now. Uh, Google Play Store, um, the, 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 the App Store, um, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, please leave us a five-star review. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, or concerns, please leave those as well. Uh, we welcome those in as well. And, um, yeah, that, that wraps it up for us. Uh, we've got a couple important games this week on the Clippers and Lakers side. Uh, Miriam predicts 3-1 for both teams. I predict 3-1 for both teams. So uh, we'll see how it goes, and we'll catch up with you guys next week. Miriam, thanks again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tommy.